how many of you have heard the expression Sunday Christian? Sunday Christian. Have you heard that expression before? That person is a Sunday Christian. He goes to church, but you wouldn't know it for the next six days of the week. Usually when we use that term Sunday Christian, we use it in a derogatory way, don't we? We're, we're getting after somebody for not following Jesus in a serious way. But I hope that after this message this morning that you won't look at Sunday Christians with derision, but instead you'll look at them with pity. Because Sunday Christians have a problem in their lives that that maybe some of us may have at least to some extent or some level. What happens with a Sunday Christian is they go to church, but they don't make the right connections. Have you heard the expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know? A lot of times there's some truth to that. In fact, most of the time it's what you know and who you know. But people come to church sometimes and they go through the experience of church, but they don't make the connections that can really be substantive and serious and meaningful in their lives. I was thinking about this this week, and I remembered something that happened to me when I was 10 years old. My sister graduated from college in Fort Worth when I was 10, and it was a very big event in our family. Uh, my sister had worked her way all the way through college, uh, just almost working slavish hours to earn the funds to get her through. My dad was a pastor, and there just wasn't the money there for a college education, so Betty worked very hard to get her degree in music. And beside working to get the finances for it, my sister worked very hard in music because she is a, she's one of those musicians for which music comes natural, but she learned the science of music as well. And that, there was a challenge to that. And she did well and graduated from Texas Wesleyan University. And it was not only a big thing in our immediate family, it was a huge thing in our extended family. Hoovers came from all over to see my sister graduate. My dad's the oldest of nine. And you can imagine how our small house on the southeast side of Fort Worth was packed with all my aunts and uncles and cousins by the dozen. It was a huge thing that afternoon when we got ready for Betty's graduation. Well, we all got in procession and drove over to the Poly Methodist Church where the graduation was going to take place. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest with you, I was proud of my sister for graduating, but there's not a whole lot of stuff in a college graduation service to grab a 10-year-old's attention. So I pretty well sat through it, you know, just kind of got through it. And it was a long, lengthy service. By the time it was over, it was about 9.30 at night. And I had been assigned, my ride was to be with an aunt and uncle of mine. And I got to tell you about this particular aunt. She, she's kind of bossy. I don't know if you have an aunt like that or not, but you know, I, I just, I talked with her the other day and she was telling me how excited she was because she got a job and she said, they pay me to give my opinion. And she's a clothes consultant. She's just the most awesome lady in the world, but she's got a little bit of bossiness to her, you know? And, and so I was to ride home with her. I have another aunt that's kind of ditzy. I don't know if you have any Anybody like that in your family? But this aunt, God love her, just an awesome lady, but kind of spacey. And she was from a small country town, and she was walking through that big church and university, looking, and she got lost, and nobody knew where she was, and we were all trying to get home. My kind of bossy aunt that I was supposed to ride with said to me, Mark, go find your aunt. And so here it is. Now it's getting up close to 10 o'clock at night, and the parking lot's beginning to empty. She said, you know the campus Go find your aunt. So as God is my witness, I walked all over Poly Methodist Church. I walked over part of the TWU campus. I looked everywhere trying to find my aunt for about 30 minutes. And when it was all said and done, I couldn't find her anywhere. I went back to the parking lot 
where my family was that was supposed to give me a ride, and they were gone. I looked for anybody that I recognized, and they weren't there. And I thought to myself, now listen, put yourself in the mind of a 10-year-old. I, I stood there in that parking lot, and i got to tell you, for any of you who know Fort Worth, you know that the TW campus is in a pretty, pretty high crime area. Even was in the late 60s. And, 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 and I was thinking to myself, I'm just going to stay here in the parking lot, and, and sooner or later, my mom and my dad, somebody is going to realize that the fair-haired boy in the family is missing. <laughs> and they're going to come and rescue me. So I just stood there dutifully, because you know, you know what that's like? I mean, if somebody's lost, they need to stay put where you left them. Somebody will, you know, after about 30 minutes, I realized that nobody knew I was gone. I was left behind. I was all alone. I started rummaging through my pockets to see if I had a dime or a nickel or a penny or whatever phone calls cost. I was speaking in the early service, you know. And some of the high schoolers were looking at me like, did a phone call ever cost a dime? And, and I was trying to find something in my pocket to make a phone call, and I couldn't. There's nothing there. So I thought, well, I just need to walk up and down. This is kind of a dangerous street. And I was going to walk up and down the street and see if there was somebody there who could maybe give me an you know, opportunity to use their phone, some business. And so all the businesses were closed. Finally, after walking about a half mile, there was one of these sort of sock hop drive-ins that was real popular in Polly in the 50s, and it was still open. And, and I walked up to the manager, and I told him what was going on. Can you imagine a 10-year-old doing this? I, wa- I told him what was going on. I said, I need to call my family because they don't know I'm gone. And so I called. Now, at this point, my mother has no idea I'm gone. She's just sure I rode home with my family. She thinks I'm back there with all those kids. Phone rings in my house. It's now after 11 o'clock. My mom picks up the phone, and I'm on it. She says, where are you? And I look. I said, well, I'm at the corner of, and that was all I heard. I mean, it was just silence after that as she passed the phone to my dad. And a few minutes later, somebody came and got me. Now, the thing that I, I thought about that was relational from that story to this message is this. You know, I had gone to the graduation, but I didn't make the right connections. <laughs> I, I didn't manage to connect with the people that were my ride home. I didn't connect with my parents who loved me. I didn't connect with my lost aunt. I didn't connect with anybody, and I got left behind. Went to the graduation, but didn't make the right connections. Now, whenever you meet a Sunday Christian, what you got going on is you got somebody who went to the graduation, but didn't make the right connections. They don't connect with the other people. In their, they don't connect with their ride home. They don't connect with other Christians. They don't connect with the parent who loves them. And they sure don't connect with anybody who's lost. They just go to church and do church, but it doesn't really make any substantive difference in their lives. Last week, I shared with you the purpose statement that God revealed to me for our church. And that purpose statement is in your worship folder this morning. The purpose of Messiah Baptist Church is to help people make an eternal connection with Jesus Christ. That is what we're about. In fact, everything that we do here at Messiah, we're going to test with this formula. We're going to run it through this grid to see if what we're doing is helping people make an eternal connection with Jesus Christ. I mean, just let the cross be the symbol of that. The Bible tells us that God loved us as Lance was leading us in in worship this morning. You sang songs, the choir sang about how that God brought us back together with him after we were estranged by our sins. Our sins were placed on Jesus Christ. 
When Jesus hung on the cross, God punished him for everything that you and I have ever done. And even in our country, we have a law regarding double jeopardy. Once a crime's been paid for, a person can't be indicted for that same crime again. The Bible tells us that everything bad we've ever been done was paid for by Jesus Christ. And we can't be indicted for it if we accept Him as our Lord and our Savior. That's what we're all about here. We're all about helping people understand who Jesus is and to make a connection with Him by faith. And the Bible tells us that if we accept Him into our life, that connection is made. And that's what we're about more than anything else. Now, there's a term that a lot of you have heard, and some of you may have heard it with a little bit of a negative connotation, and that term is evangelism. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. But evangelism, the word evangelism comes from the word that means good news. And what we're about is sharing with people the good news that Jesus Christ has made a way for everybody to go to heaven. And our purpose is to help people make an eternal connection with Him. But now beyond that this morning, I want to talk to you about four cross points that have to do with our experience when we come to church here. And I want us to see how that every Sunday when we get together, we need to make the right connections. Let's draw a point on top of the cross and let this first cross point represent our first connection. Anytime that you are in our worship service here, the first connection that you need to make is an upward connection to connect up with Jesus Christ. How do we connect upward? How do we come in and make a connection up? We do that through worship and prayer. So when you come in on Sunday mornings and Pastor Cummins is leading us, that's more than just singing a song. You know, a lot of people come into a song service, a church service, a worship service, and they come in and they just sort of veg until the message. That's a mistake. Because see, long before you ever hear God's word, you need to make a connection up with him. And that is through praise and through worship. Now, somebody may say, okay, Mark, I'm having a little bit of problem with this. Last week in the purpose statement, you talked about making an eternal connection with Jesus Christ. That's salvation. You accept him once and you're saved forever. But now you're talking about coming in every Sunday and having a weekly connection. Mark, I'm not sure I understand. Let me explain it this way. On June 11, 1977, I made a lifelong connection. I stood in a chapel in Arlington, Texas, across from my wife, Mary Alice. My dad was performing the ceremony, and dad said to me, will you have this woman to be your wedded wife? And I said, I do. That's the second smartest thing I ever did in my life, right after getting saved. I made a lifelong connection with Mary Alice. But i got to tell you something. I have a high-energy, high-octane, high-demand job. Every day I'm busy, I'm active, I've got to be thinking about multiple things all the time. It's very important to Mary Alice that we have a time set aside in the week where I just focus on her. We call that date night, sometimes date afternoon, date breakfast, whatever. But one time a week, we go on a date Well, we just get away, and Mary Alice knows my mind is off stuff, and my mind is on her. Yes, I have a lifelong connection with her, but I have a weekly connection with her in which she knows I am all hers, and my attention is is all on her. Her birthday was last week. Our secretaries have my schedule up on 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 their computers, and they can plug in appointments. When someone calls for an appointment, they know what times I'm available, and they can plug in appointments for me. 
on Mary Alice's birthday, she sent a message to all the secretaries over that particular schedule. It was, no appointments, he's all mine. (laughs) Now, I'm just trying to tell you that God wants that from you. Yes, you've made a connection with Him when you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but He wants a weekly connection with you on the first day of the week, on the first part of that week. He wants you to connect with Him so that you're all God's. And you're not worried about your job, and you're not worried about where you're going to get the money to pay for a bill, and you're not worried about all kinds of stuff that can clutter our thinking. You get together with other believers on Sunday morning, and you connect up. You connect upward. And that's why our worship songs are, are written in a way that allow you to express your love for God. The word worship actually comes from an English word, an old English word. In fact, the word used to be worship. See, when you worship God, you are telling God that He is worth something to you. The problem with Sunday Christians is that God isn't worth anything to them. They want to get him off their back. They want to get him out of their way. They want to do the religious gig and go home. God isn't worth something to him, to them. But for those of you who want to make a connection with God, you do this. You reach up to God through your worship. You're saying, God, you are worth something to me. You are so valuable to me. I want to come in here on Sunday morning, the first morning of my week, and I want to tell you how much you mean to me. And that's done by our praise, it's done through our giving, it's done, but really when it gets right down to it, what we're talking about is the same thing Mary Alice is talking about. What we're talking about is attention. Just giving God our attention. And you say, Mark, that's so hard because i got so much stuff on my mind and i got so many problems. Listen, the smartest thing you can do is come in, spend some time with God, turn those problems over to God and let Him do something with them. See, He can do something with your problems. I mean... Come in here on Sunday mornings and say, you know what? I'm going to lay my burdens down for a while, Lord. I'm just going to give them over to you, and I'm not going to do anything but focus on you. The Bible tells us that God indwells and inhabits the praises of His people. God loves it. Just like like a wife loves it when her husband puts all his attention on her, God loves it when you put all your attention on Him. And I guarantee you, He knows what to do with those problems you're carrying around. So how do we make a connection? How do we make the right connection? When you come in here, you connect up through worship. You just tell God how valuable He is and spend some time in prayer. Yes, we should worship seven days a week. Yes, we should pray seven days a week, but there's a special quality to God's people coming together and corporately focusing on how wonderful and how worthy He is. Now, the next connection that happens, we're going to draw another point down here. This next cross point is a connection down. Because the beauty of the relationship with God is when you connect up with Him, He loves to connect down with you. How does God connect down with you? Well, God connects down with you by the teaching of His Word and through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, you say, well, Mark, why do I have to go to church? I can read my Bible at home. And there's just something wonderful that happens in, when God's people gather together and God puts his anointing on a teacher or a preacher to communicate God's word. Listen, I live with it every week. I'm going to be just point blank honest with you. There is stuff that God does through the preaching and teaching ministry of this church that even though I'm the one up here, it boggles my mind. I don't even understand it. 
I'll be speaking on a particular topic and somebody will meet me or write me or email me and they'll say, Pastor, God just did the most awesome thing in my life during this sermon and this is what God did. And I go home and I think, man, that wasn't what that sermon was about. How did that happen? That wasn't what I intended to happen. What happened was God connected down with that person. At the end of the service last week, a real sweet lady from another city came to me and she just said, is there a church in my city? And she named it. She said, is there a church in my city that can make me feel the way Messiah does? Wow, the city she came from had a lot of fantastic churches. And I told her, I said, the city, there may be better churches in your city than Messiah. I don't think so, but there are probably people who think so. I said, you ought to try. And I started naming. She said, I've been there and I don't feel what I feel at Messiah. Sometime back, she came here There had been some estrangement between her and God in her life. And she came in on a particular service, and God just turned on all her lights, and her life was just transformed. And see, I didn't have anything to do with that. I I was standing up here preaching, and she, she pointed to the sermon that was going on. But what happened was a spiritual thing. She connected up with God, and God connected down to her. And it's not me, because let me tell you something. I need to connect up with God, and I need God to connect down with me just as much as you need. That's what this is all about. Connecting up with God through worship, and then God connects down through His teaching. I don't know about you, but every week I face situations where I don't know what to do. I'm struggling. I can see several options, and I'm saying, God, I don't know what to do. Oftentimes, it's in a worship service that the Holy Spirit of God will just bring something to my mind, and I'll know through the teaching of God's Word or through worship that this is the course of action that God wants me to take. I just wonder, has anybody else experienced that here? I mean, just sometime through this vertical connection, connecting up with God and God connecting down with you, something's transforming in your life, and you know what you should do. I'll tell you something else that I've experienced as pastor of this great church. I've seen situations where somebody could walk out of a service having had the most exhilarating, transforming experience. All they can talk about is what God did in their lives. And I've seen other people walk out and say, I didn't get much out of that. You know why? The reason why they don't get much is because there there just was no connection. They went to the graduation, but they didn't make the right connections. And you can even listen. Here's the thing. You can even audibly process the things that I'm saying. You could even enjoy the sermon. I had a guy tell me one time, I don't believe anything you say, but you're an entertaining speaker, and I come to hear you be here. That may be you today, but you could still walk out of here and not make the right connections. What God wants you to do is to connect up with Him through worship and prayer. God will connect down to you through the teaching of His Word, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But that's not all. In fact, sometimes I think if I were going to describe Messiah, it's pretty much like this. It's pretty much a vertical connection. Because we're, we're good at those things. I mean, we love worship and we love teaching. You, you guys are so kind to me. I, there's not a pastor in the world who gets to feel the kindness And the affirmation that I feel, you're so good to me. And you you let me know in so many ways that God is blessing you through the teaching. Sometimes, though, when I look at our church, what I see is it's this vertical thing. That's pretty much the church. It's connecting up with God and God connecting down to us as individuals. But cross has got four arms. Because, see, we have to make a connection inside. We'll call that community. See, that's what God expects the church to be. Church is not a bunch of religious people who get together, dress up on Sunday morning to do the religious gig. That's not church. God expects the church to be a community, a family. We celebrated my 20th anniversary here at Messiah the first week of June. When I came up here, Mary Allison, Jonathan, and Jared, 
When we moved up here, we didn't have any family here at the time. You guys were our family. And I look around this room this morning, and I see some of you, you could not be more my family if you were blood kin. Because we are a community. We are a family. And God wants it to be that way. I'm talking to some of you this morning. You like Messiah. And you've, you've found a home. You, you enjoy the service. But you struggle because you haven't really met anybody here yet. See, God not only wants you to connect up with Him, and He not only wants to connect down to you, but God wants you to connect in and to meet other people in this body of faith. That's why our goal for 2005 and mid-2006 is to begin as many connection groups as we can here at Messiah. We're going to have all kinds of groups here. You, somebody will say, Mark, I don't, I don't like small Bible study groups. I, I, just, I have ADD. I do too. I know exactly how you feel. Look, trust me. You say, Mark, I I, I like athletics. We want to have so many different kinds of groups here that you're going to find some group of people that you're going to enjoy being around. We don't want to push you in a group. We're not going to mandate it. It'll be your choice. But our goal is to offer you so many small communities in this fellowship of faith that you can find other people to connect with, and your faith will be built by them, and their faith will be built by you. That's going to be our goal for this year. More to come on that later. There's one more cross point, and that's, a arm that, and that's an arm that points out. See, we have not really done everything we should do in worship until we share Christ with somebody who doesn't know Him. And that's our goal as a church. We want the church to be the arm that reaches out and gives people the good news. A few moments ago, I told you that the word evangelism comes from a word that means good news. Some people hear evangelism and they hear proselytizing. Have you heard, you see people sometimes who have a negative feeling about evangelism or evangelicals because what they hear is proselytizers. The word evangelism means good news. So if we're in the evangelism business, we're in the good newsing business. How can it be bad to be in the good newsing business? We're to tell everybody such wonderful news that God is offering a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, to anybody, regardless of what you've done. Your sins are all paid for. Come and be adopted into God's family without any cost. It's something that God wants to do for you as a free gift. How can that be bad news? It's the greatest news in the world. It's no wonder Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the good news. It's the power of God that transforms lives. But here's the rub. And I've said this to you several times before, and I'm going to say it again and again and again until we get it and it becomes part of our fabric. For so many years, I've been taught a type of evangelism that works something like this. The church is only for Christians. Evangelism is something that takes place outside our doors. We're going to find somebody that often we don't know. We're going to kind of cold call on them, give them some scripture, have them pray a prayer, and they're going to get saved. Does it happen that way? Yes. Have I done that? Yes. Have some of you done that? Yes. And we should do it. But here's the thing. Let's be honest with you. Many people who pray the prayer of salvation like that never really follow through. Take your Bibles and look at John 15 one more time. And we're going to look at some scripture here. And I want to show you something. John 15. Jesus said, remain, this is in verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful. That we said last week that being fruitful is reaching other people who have yet to follow Jesus. 
You cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, those who stay connected in me, and I and them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. There's a connection up with prayer. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. Now, skip down to verse 16 now. John 15, 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last. Now, guys, I'm just being straight up honest with you. There have been many, many times I've met somebody, threw some scripture verses at them. I've said, if you'll pray this prayer, you can be saved. They prayed the prayer with me. Nothing ever happened. They didn't follow up. They made an agreement to pray the prayer. Were they saved? I don't know. But here's the thing that we have to understand as a church. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by what? By hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. Now, Here's the thing. We make a mistake in evangelism if we think we're going to go out, cold call somebody, hit them with some, a few verses and say, pray this prayer and see them have a substantive change in their life. It can happen like that, but that's the exception and not the rule. Most people are going to be seriously transformed because they have a longer exposure to God's Word. Because the longer they are exposed to God's Word, the greater likelihood they have of making a true commitment to Jesus Christ. So how are we going to be strategic in the way that we share Christ? The greatest way is to reach people where they are and invite them to be in a place where consistently, over and over, they're exposed to God's Word. And i got to tell you, we see that happen here every week. I, 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 just, I walk up and down these halls, and I look at people, and I know your next-door neighbor invited you to Messiah. And it took a while for you to come, but you came. And when you came, God worked in your life, and you accepted Christ, and we've seen you follow the Lord in baptism. Just awesome to have you part of our family. But what happened was somebody loved that person and invited them to be in the place week in and week out where they could hear God's Word. And there are many of you who've already started following Jesus Christ just like that, and there are others of you. You haven't started yet, but you've gotten very close. What God wants from every person in this church family is to connect up with Him through praise and worship and prayer. He will connect down to us through the teaching of His Word, and that connection will produce a power that allows us to connect inside to our community of faith and then to connect outside to share our faith so that when we, when we get involved in evangelism, we'll truly be involved and we won't have to be ashamed that we're so unproductive. That's what God wants. Now, when you came in this morning, you received a piece of a puzzle. And you can see behind me, up on the screen, there's a missing piece to the puzzle. And it's the middle piece. I just want to let that piece represent to all of us here today our hearts and our wills. Because what this represents is our church experience is going to be more than just attending church. More than just sitting through a song service. More than just listening to a message. I am here to make the right connections. I am here to connect up with God. I am here for Him to connect down with me. I am here putting myself here to connect in with the community of faith. And I will not stop until I connect out with somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. That is what this church is going to be about. You may be here this morning and you say, Mark, I'm not interested in a church like that. I'd like a church where 
I can just listen to a message or I can hear things that I already agree with. Well, in all love and candor, you're probably not in the right place. But if you're here to make the kinds of connections that we've talked about, I just want to tell you, you're on the ground floor of something awesome. As I've shared with you, and this is maybe a strange time in the middle of the summer when everybody's on vacation, we are relaunching our church. We're saying this is what our church is going to be about. We're not just going to be a group of religious people that get together and do the church gig. We're going to be about making serious connection with God and with people to see the kingdom of God grow. I'm glad you're here, and I'm thankful that you were here in this workshop with me today. May God bless you. Would you bow your heads with me, please?